Hello listeners and welcome to the Sabbath Sports Podcast for the very first time. I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in and today we're going to be talking about this season in the NBA. Approaching Christmas time now, we are about 30 games into the season and we can really see how the teams are shaping up and start to make some predictions about the season. It's been really, really good so far and the first thing that I wanted to do here was just cover the standings. Um, for both conferences, just so we have a little bit of a barometer of what's going on right now in the league. So to this point now, in the Eastern Conference, it's the Milwaukee Bucks that are out to the lead with the first spot. They have a 25-4 record at the time of recording. So the Bucks are doing well. They're out to the start right now, and they are followed by the Boston Celtics in second place with an 18-7 record, the Miami Heat with a 20-8 record, in fourth, the Toronto Raptors with a 19-8 and record. Both of those teams are surprises there, Miami and Toronto. We're going to talk about that. In fifth place, we have the Philadelphia 76ers with a 29 record. And in sixth, the Pacers with a 19-9 and record. The rest of the conference right now is looking pretty close all the way from 7th through to 11th place where you have the Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, Hornets, Pistons, and Bulls. And towards the bottom of the conference is Washington, Cleveland, New York, and Atlanta. So now in the Western Conference, it is the Los Angeles Lakers, unsurprisingly, leading out to the first place at this point with a 24-5 record. In second place, the other LA team that is supposed to be doing well this year with a 21-9 record, the LA Clippers. Then moving down, we have the Denver Nuggets with an 18-8 record, the Houston Rockets with a 19-9 record, followed by the Mavericks with an 18-9 record, and the Utah Jazz with a 17-11 record. After that, again, as in the Eastern Conference, we have very close teams all the way from 7 through to 11, those teams being OKC, Sacramento, Portland, San Antonio, and the Phoenix Suns. Rounding out the bottom of the table, it is the Timberwolves, Grizzlies, Pelicans, and with the worst record in the league right now, last year's finalists, the Golden State Warriors. So, of course, some interesting things happening in the league this year. We have the Milwaukee Bucks led by the reigning MVP Giannis with the best record in the league. They've been outstanding this year and have only picked up where they left off. Giannis has been extremely dominant and the Bucks are following his lead, taking the top spot in the league. Another extremely surprising thing is last year's finalists and a team that has been a dynasty over the last five years the Golden State Warriors are really lacking this year with a 5-24 and record right now. They are the worst team in basketball. Now, there's been a lot of situations that have really led to this with the Warriors suffering from injuries. Obviously, Klay Thompson, we knew he was going to be out from the beginning of the year, and um, that, was, that was a big hit for them. But we had with Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, and Draymond Green, they had a, a good core, and they still expected to be challenging, especially for the playoffs. But early on in the season, obviously, Steph Curry with the broken hand, that, that set him out for a number of months, and from there, the Warrior season just took a completely different turn. Um, 
It didn't help that afterwards D'Angelo Russell, of course, got injured, and Draymond Green has been dealing with small injuries throughout the season, and it looks as if they're being very cautious with him at this point and resting him. The Warriors seem like they know this is going to be an injury-riddled year, and it's not going to be one that they're seriously competing for. Now, to give an update on some of the league leaders this year in scoring, unsurprisingly, James Harden leading the league in scoring 38.5 points per game. This is the highest points per game total of any player in, in quite a few years, and Harden has picked up where he left off last season with the scoring. It's really surprising, actually, that he's still able to do this with Russell Westbrook on his team. But nevertheless, he is leading the league 38.5 points per game. The next up on the list is Giannis Antetokounmpo, averaging 31.8 points per game. In third, we have Luka Doncic, a surprise at 29.3 points per game. Fourth place, the player drafted before Luka Doncic, Trey Young, 28.4 points per game. And Anthony Davis at fifth with 27.7. Some very high-scoring players this year, two above 30 points per game, and a few that are very close. I think Trey Young and Luka Doncic at their age right now to be scoring the way that they're scoring is extremely impressive, and they've gotten out to a great start for this year so far. The next category I wanted to look at was assists, and um, there's only one player in the league right now averaging more than 10 assists per game, and that is Mr. LeBron James in his 17th season, averaging his career high in assists per game um, with 10.6. That's also along with 25 points per game, and he's still rebounding at a high rate at 7.5 rebounds per game, so he's doing outstanding leading the league in assists, really hooking up with AD very well. Moving on to second place there on the assist list is Luca. Sorry, Ricky Rubio with 9.5 assists per game. He's doing very well and seems to have found a good fit for him in Phoenix, and they're doing well this year behind his playmaking. Third place there, Luka Doncic. He's got 8.9 assists per game. Trey Young right behind him in fourth. Again, same as in points. Um, But Trey Young there with 8.5 assists per game, and Ben Simmons rounding it out with 8.1. Those are the only five players averaging more than 8 assists per game. And it's interesting to see Luka Doncic and Trey Young, once again, two of the top five players in the assist category, same as in points. Moving on now quickly to do the rebounds. Andre Drummond this year has absolutely been crashing the boards. It's a contract year for him, and you can tell in the way that he's playing. Right now, he's dropping 16.7 rebounds per game. That is ridiculous, and he's off to an extremely hot start rebounding the basketball. Next up behind him is Clint Capella with 14.5 rebounds per game. Rudy Gobert, 13.9. DeMontis Sabonis. A surprise this year, he's playing extremely well. He's got 13.3 rebounds per game. And Hassan Whiteside out in Portland with 12.9 rebounds per game. Some great rebounders out there, and it's looking like they're not going to stop anytime soon. These players are crashing the boards hard for their team. And Drummond is really, really impressive there with 16.7. An interesting thing to note is all of these players are essentially averaging the same amount of points as they are rebounds or close to. With Drummond, he's averaging 17 points per game, but 16 rebounds. 
It's very, very impressive. Clint Capella, again, 14 points, 14 rebounds per game. So these are players that are really, really putting in an all-around effort and making a huge impact. So those are the league leaders. That's where we stand in the league right now with the standings and the league leaders. It's been a very entertaining year so far in the league, and there's been lots of stories um, that we're going to cover throughout this podcast. The first of which um, is going to be Luka Doncic and his incredible play this season carrying the Mavs and his potential MVP run. Now, I did actually do a YouTube video as well on this topic, and if you haven't done so already or if you're not familiar, I also do a YouTube channel um, covering all the sports news um, similarly to what's going to be on this podcast. So if you haven't gotten the chance already, go ahead and check out that Luka Doncic MVP YouTube video that I put out. Um, That's Saba Sports on YouTube. Just search that up and it's right on there. But to get into it, Luka Doncic this season has been having a outstanding campaign. So far, he's leading the Mavs. Um, he's averaging 29 points per game, 10 assists per game, and 9 rebounds per game. It's It's been nothing short of outstanding, and he's really, really playing well to this point this season. The Dallas Mavericks, a team that none of us really expected to be too high up in the league, um, maybe sneaking into the playoffs with an eighth seed or something. They're fifth place in the league right now with an 18-9 and nine record, and that, that wouldn't be the case without Luka Doncic. Now, you can say that he has Christoph Sporzingis as well, and that is true, but he is the one that's doing all of the heavy lifting. Porzingis has been having a slow start to the year as he tries to get back up to speed with basketball after such a long time out of the league with his injury. So it's been Luka Doncic really that's carrying, although with Luka's recent injury, he has been missing like the last few games. It's not a serious injury, so it should not take him out of MVP consideration. However, while he's been out, Kristaps has been able to gain some some speed, and he's getting back up to game shape. And um, so when Luca's back healthy, and Porzingis is hopefully going to continue the way that he's playing, they're going to be an outstanding duo, and Dallas is is going to continue to compete. Um, the important thing is here, like the impressive thing is, Luka Doncic is doing this all at the age of 20 years old. He's he's 20 and carrying a franchise, averaging almost 30, 10, and 10. It's it's outstanding. He, at this moment, like, he, he just set a record this year as the only player with multiple 40-point triple-doubles at, at 20 years old. He's, he's ridiculous. He's an outstanding player, and Dallas has a top player in the league for the next 10 years, um, barring any any catastrophic injury. But uh, Luka Doncic there has been outstanding, definitely a candidate for MVP, and he should be in, in the conversation, definitely a top three candidate there. Another big story this year, of course, with all of the summer action that happened with, uh, with this trading for Anthony Davis, um, for the Lakers and all of the signings that they made for the Clippers picking up Kawhi Leonard in free agency and then trading for Paul George. 
both of these teams, the LA teams, um, they really set themselves up to be a contender. And so this has been a really good rivalry thus far in the season. They're out to the two best starts in the Western Conference, both of them logging um, 20 win seasons thus far, the only two teams in the conference thus far to make it there. Um, the Lakers first in the West, 24 and five, the Clippers 21 and nine. They, they're both playing outstanding and it's, it's a rivalry that you can't really choose which team is going to take it. If things go as they stand and these two teams play well in the playoffs, it could potentially be a conference finals matchup. And that that would really kick off the, the LA rivalry. Um, these are two franchises that have have dynasty potential over the next five years based off of their rosters and if they can keep healthy and keep together. Um, in, in the only matchup that they played this season in the season opener, it was the Clippers without Paul George that took the dub. That was a great game. It really went back and forth, but the Clippers took it. Since then, though, it's been the Lakers that look like the strongest team in the league. They were out to the strongest record, but uh, having just lost to the Bucks last night, they're one game off. But uh, even still, with that being said, through the first 25 games of the season, it was the best start to a Lakers campaign since 1985, and also the best start to any season in LeBron James's career um, in terms of his team's record. This has been the best. The Lake LA Clippers, on the other hand, still starting off very well, and they're playing great basketball, great defensive team, but um, they haven't been able to mesh as much um, because of Paul George being out, obviously, and then not being able to practice. Sorry, not being able to to practice with him as much due to injury. So they still need to mesh, and at the moment, it's looking like LeBron and Anthony Davis is the better um, the better partnership. Obviously, it's still early on, and it's going to be very exciting when these two teams go up against each other in just a few days on Christmas. It'll be a better better kind of test to see where the two teams are at now that we've played a couple of months into the season and both of their star duos are back. So the LA rivalry is very much alive this year, and I'm looking forward to their next matchup. Another big story, this time out in the East, I mentioned earlier, two very surprising teams, the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. Neither teams were were expected to be playing this well at the beginning of the season, especially the Miami Heat with just Jimmy Butler coming in. Um, they, they were meant to be a playoff team, but not meant to be this good. And they're, they're playing great team basketball. Even with the injury to Goran Dragic and Justice Winslow recently uh, having been without them, they're still playing good basketball, winning games, and getting out to the third best record in the Eastern Conference. Jimmy Butler really looks like he's at home. Um, he fits the Miami style, and he, it, it seems like that team atmosphere has been driven by Jimmy Butler's influence and they're they're really following his lead. Players, young players like Tyler Harrow have been incredible this season. Tyler Harrow, Kendrick Nunn obviously having outstanding seasons, both great pickups for them. Um, 
just a team that nobody expected to be playing this well and they're doing outstanding. It's good to see all of their young players. So hopefully they can continue and keep it going for next for the rest of this season and into the next few years. The Toronto Raptors as well, another extremely surprising team, having just won the championship and losing their their finals MVP. Most didn't think that the Raptors were going to be competing again this year, but they picked up right where they left off, and this year they're out off to a 19-8 and record so far through this point in the season. Now they're off to a 19-8 and run to the season, and this is despite losing Kyle Lowry for a number of weeks. This team has really been driven by Pascal Siakam. He's proven that this season, he's proven that he's a true superstar, a true number one option. He's a true number one option, and the depth that they have around him has been outstanding this season. They're really trying to provide him with everything that he needs to lead this team. The chemistry is there. Uh, Freddie Van Vliet has been playing outstanding this season, especially in Kyle Lowry's absence. And overall, like this team is strong, and uh, I, c- I can see them making a push in the playoffs. I don't know if they're able to compete with the players that they have right now unless they make some moves, but it's, it is good to see them starting off so well and surprising a lot of people. The final big storyline of this season that I wanted to go over and discuss was, of course, supposed to be the most exciting rookie that we've had in years and years and years, Zion Williamson. Are we going to see Zion Williamson play for the New Orleans Pelicans this season? It's really hard to say. I mean, he was, he got injured in preseason just before the season was meant to start, and he was supposed to just be out six to eight weeks. And so he would have been back in time and had a full season, been able to show us why he was the number one pick, why he was the most hyped pick in a number of years, like almost a decade since LeBron, really. And it seems like they're really nursing him. They're not in any rush to bring him back. And you can't really blame the Pelicans for being cautious at this point. They don't know what to expect. They want to make sure that they protect their asset in Zion Williamson. Obviously, he's going to want to play, and it's a hard situation, but it could be that he ends up taking the rest of the year off and going for the Blake Griffin or Ben Simmons route, taking the year off, getting himself right before coming back next year. Is it smart for him to do that? Is that what they're going to end up doing, or are they going to try to push him back for this year. I think it really depends, but obviously the amount of hype that everybody had with Zion Williamson going into the season, it's it's a huge disappointment for this season. It's a huge loss. And hopefully we can just see him back for, for next year playing good, good ball and playing the way that we all expected him to be playing. Uh, hope that he gets back healthy and excited to see Zion. So thus far, it's been a crazy year, some some big surprises, and obviously it's been a very exciting year. Um, will we see Zion? Will the Heat and Raptors keep playing the way that they're playing? Who's going to be the better LA team? And can Luka Doncic continue his impressive play? 
it's been a very exciting season, and I expect nothing less than for it to continue and for us to keep seeing great basketball and more great stories throughout the season. At this point, if I had to predict who is going to be the finals matchup or who's going to be the you know the champions come the end of the season, I have to choose the LA Lakers in the West and Giannis Antetokounmpo in the East. Not even the Bucks. Like I'm, I'm taking Giannis because he's really caring. He's basically doing what LeBron did for eight years in the East and just dominated. And and so it's it's really just Giannis in the East versus the Lakers in the West. That's my finals prediction. In terms of my awards predictions. For MVP, it's really hard to say right now. James Harden is scoring the ball ridiculously. Giannis and Doncic are putting up all-around numbers and carrying their teams. While LeBron James is leading the league in assists, he's averaging 25, and the Lakers have the best record in the league. It's really hard to call, but I'm going to say it's one of these four players for sure. Harden, Giannis, Doncic, or LeBron. In terms of the defensive player of the year, I'm going to I'm going to call Anthony Davis right now. He's been playing very good both sides of the ball and he would he would be a deserving pick for rookie of the year. There's a lot of surprises. Um, seeing as Zion Williamson is out and the way that he's playing and the way he's carrying his team, I would go ahead and give it to Ja Morant for the Grizzlies. Um, he just seems like the deserving pick. And he's been carrying the Grizzlies, averaging a high amount of points and assists, and he's been very clutch for them. And last but not least, the most improved player. I'm going to go ahead and give it to Pascal Siakam two years in a row. It's either him or Devontae Graham for his play in Charlotte so far this year. Um, Both of them have been very, very good players, but... I think Siakam, his, the jump that he's made this year, he's gone up another 13 points in scoring from last year's averages, and he's just getting even better. He's a superstar, and I could see him taking it. So that uh, that's all that we had today on the Sabbath Sports Podcast, and um, that is this season in the NBA so far. If you guys enjoyed listening, please go ahead and follow the podcast and also don't forget to go ahead and check out Saba Sports on YouTube as well for weekly YouTube videos and uh, also stay tuned for more podcasts coming soon. So that's it for us guys. I hope you had a good one and we'll see you next time.